Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Mentally Gone. My name is Philip, and I am enjoying a splendid cup of tea, coupled with some splendid crackers. And sitting across from me is the lovely... Elizabeth. Queen Elizabeth, would you mind expressing to the audience what is your true craving? Oh, well, of course I love the tea and crackers, right? However, I would prefer if we had, you know what I'm craving, Philip, if you would please fetch our butler. William! William, what do you have on the menu for us today? Well, your highnesses, today we have Timothy's left leg on the side of Lucy's right eyeball. That sounds very delicious, William. William, did they suffer? Did you make them suffer? Oh, yes, of course, your highness. As instructed, I made sure to torture and instill fear in them right before the kill. Oh, yes, that is just how I like it, William. Good, it William. It sounds very lovely, William. Good. I cannot Good. wait to feast on this, William. Elizabeth. Yes, Philip? I can feel my skin shedding, Elizabeth. I can smell the adrenochrome, Elizabeth. Philip, I believe I am shape-shifting, Philip. Elizabeth, shall we feast, Elizabeth? Yes, Philip. I think my eye blood vessel just ruptured, Philip. It must be the reptilian in me, Philip. Oh, you crazy! You must be crazy! I'll show you crazy! Listen, I don't know about these other guys, but we are like a superhero. No? We're like, we're not crazy! Everybody knows you never go full retard. Muhammad is the most commonly used name on earth. Read a fucking book for one. Did you get that memo? Yeah, I got the memo. Picasso is dead. Walt Disney is dead. I'm dead. Steve Jobs is dead. I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious. Welcome to the Mentally Gone Podcast. Hum. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number 30 of the Mentally Gone Experience. I was going to say, this is the Joe Rogan Experience. Mentally- oh, we wish. <laughs> he wishes. Uh, Mentally Gone Experience number 30, episode number 30. My name is Callie Lacerda. I am Gabriella Lopes. And boy, do we have a packed episode for you guys today. You good? Yes, continue. Sorry. Just- What's going on with yourself? Sorry, making sure because of my headphone and my hair. Fucking unprofessional it's here, huh? It's really weird, yeah. All right, guys, so let's address the elephant in the room, <laughs> a.k.a. the reptilian in the room. Um, everybody knows that the queen has perished, has vanished, has um, uh, imploded, has uh, combustion, has uh, caught in flames, uh, has caught on fire. It has, was her uh, reverse 69th birthday. Reverse 69th birthday. She was 96? Yes. <laughs> what's what's interesting is that if she had died prior to her birthday, which I think her birthday is like on June or July, she would have had 69 years of reign, of reigning over England, of being a queen. And she would have been 90. Well, no. And then she would have been 95. 
Versus a perfect 70 years. Versus a perfect 70. Yeah. And that leads me into my first conspiracy theory. A lot of people believe that the Queen Elizabeth of England has died months already, has been dead months already, and that they are using a body double coupled with deep fake capabilities and CGI effects to render a version of the queen that seems to be the queen and looks exactly like her, but it's not actually the queen. And evidence for this, or I guess there's no real evidence, but um, people are pointing out the Christmas video that she put out last year where it's basically her just sitting in a chair and her like body doesn't move at all and the only thing moving is her face, right? And that's a perfect setting for you to really take advantage of the full capabilities of deepfake, right? Because you don't have a lot of movement. And so you could really perfect it and make it look really pristine and really realistic. And she's basically just talking like this, monotone, like not an inch of her body moves, just her face and her facial muscles. And so people are believing that the royal family, uh, in order to solidify 70 full years of reign, uh, instead of 69, they decided to announce it when they did because then it would just come full circle and it's just a more prettier number and more aesthetically pleasing, I guess. I don't know. It's more fancy to be yeah. 70 years queen than to be 69. Imply sexual tendencies, coitus. And Do you not approve of this? You know what's interesting about what you just said is that I saw that after that video like went up or whatever it was with the Christmas video, you know, mm-hmm. Um, that apparently shortly after the like royal reporters came out and said that the queen is entering a new phase and then she wasn't seen much until like February. Right. So that's pretty shocking. That's where they get their clone or their body double and they're training her for everything that's going to be happening. She's studying up and they're ingraining all the events that are going to unfold And isn't it quite fascinating that uh, right before she died, she basically met with the new prime minister. Mm. And it was right before it was like that last necessary power uh, move or that last necessary uh, practice that the queen had to kind of like do. It's like she had to do that last thing before she could officially be pronounced dead. That's really interesting. To me, it's super sus. Yeah. Super sus. Um, I don't know if I believe that she's been dead for a while, but the same thing was said about Joe Biden, for example, that he has a clone. And the Joe Biden conspiracy, and I'm not going to go deep into it, but I'm just going to like mention it. Uh, we could eventually talk about it more, but people believe that Joe Biden was killed because he was going to spill the beans about the whole like pedophile ring in Washington. Interesting. And then his body double, his clone, who's in office today, like this, you know, robotic and very clumsy clone, uh, took his place. And I believe that. And you want to know why? I believe the whole Joe Biden clone theory. So someone shoot me. Oh, sorry. (laughs) You don't want to say that on the podcast. (laughs) No, but because one, like there, there have been multiple, you know, capturings of it's evident that he's wearing some type of like prosthetic mask or something, you know, in interviews, it shows like this like strange abnormality. Yeah. Like that wouldn't be there. And also you say what you will, but the detached earlobe and the attached earlobe thing, I'm not going to overlook that. Yeah, I'm just not, there's no way an earlobe 
attaches itself or you know whatever the case was vice versa like there's no way that happens and people were chalking it up to plastic surgery because he has undergone a lot of plastic surgery yeah. but then even people i think that were people in the medical field were commenting saying like guys like i work in hospitals i see ple people do facial surgeries all the time and your earlobe does not attach after surgery yeah. you know like there's like no surgery that kind of results in that unless it's a specific earlobe surgery <laughs> yeah, you know and that's such a weird thing to be like <laughs> so focused weird, on yeah. it's like out of all the insecurities you could have about yourself you're gonna focus on your earlobe people were saying it's to like keep the skin stretched so they like attach the earlobe to the mm. face to keep it like you know tight so you think i don't know though so, i don't know that's like it sounds like excuses like right, wake right. up and open your eyes like, like wake up america uh, <laughs> like, so you feel like it's a scooby-doo mask yeah, kind of thing yeah. where you just like you take meddling kids meddling kids I imagine if we're you. the ones that that kind of like you know um call him out on it and, and yeah. like actually expose him and then when he's being arrested <laughs> by the fbi or the cia He's like, oh, you meddling kids. Yeah. And then we're there with Mentally Got merch on. So I'm like, <laughs> we have our Scooby van. School, Mystery bro. van or whatever. Right. Oh, that's fire. We um, already have the dog, so. Did, did you know that a body was found on the Queen's estate, highly unlikely to have died of natural causes or an accident, according to officials? And I just read this off of an official article by ABC News. You guys can check it out. It's from 2012, and it states that the human remains discovered New Year's Day on the grounds of the country estate outside London where Queen Elizabeth and the royal family are spending the holidays have likely been there for one to four months and are not the result of natural death or accidental injury. So a dead body is uncovered on the Queen's property leading up to New Year's. In the year 2012. And it's a young lady. It's a young lady. Ah. And they're saying key. that that's... it's not natural death. It's not an accidental injury. It's deliberate homicide murder. And buried. Yeah. On the estate. A very large estate with that. We have a murder mystery on our hands. And now. maybe never thought that anyone would ever dig up in right. this very large estate that many people visit. Right. right. So... And have you ever seen that um, video of the queen cutting her platinum jubilee cake? It's yeah. like a recent video <laughs> yeah. where she goes to cut the cake and she cuts it like no normal person ever would cut a cake. She literally gets <laughs> the butcher knife, a knife this big, and holds it like fucking Michael Myers and shit from Halloween. <laughs> Is Michael Myers from Halloween? Yeah, Mike Myers, yeah. Michael Myers. Yeah, but Mike Myers. Mike Myers is Mike the other guy. <laughs> Mike Myers. Well, Mike we're Myers nicknaming him. Yeah, yeah Mike. it's Mike. Huh? What are you gonna do Mike about? Myers. He's Italian. <laughs> Mike Myers is Shrek. He's Same an thing. Italian Everybody sociopath. takes off their huh? mask and they reveal themselves. Right, but that video is so it, it it's so mind blowing to me because the Queen has spent her entire life focusing on etiquette, you know, proper eating utensils, four spoons, five forks seven knives and then it's like when you go to cut a cake you hold it as if you're stabbing something yeah that's that was strange and alarming as if she's used to that it was... and and what's even funnier <laughs> is that when she's stabbing it she says oh it goes in beautifully 
And then her assistant or whatever that is, I don't I don't know if it was her assistant or if that's uh, Merkel. Like, I forgot that lady's name from Germany, I think. I don't know politics, guys. But her assistant is basically saying, like, oh, just leave it now. Someone else will finish it off. Yeah. That, that. Finish off what, dude? Finish it off. Yeah, they're used to saying those words. Right? Eh? It's like, it's like the, the, the queen, the queen shall begin the ceremony and then Prince Philip shall finish it off. Mm-hmm. The queen shall... Uh, take in the blood, the initial blood shall be spilled by the queen and then it shall be followed by the rest. And you know what's funny too is that <laughs> just, you know what's funny too is that um, this was for her Platinum Jubilee, right? And it's celebrating her 70 years of reign yeah. and she's the first ever monarch right. to do that. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is like they're they're showing and presenting to us a cake that she's cutting but... Little do we know oh, that behind the, the doors... There was a real celebration yeah, after there's, hours. there's something else that yeah. they're finishing off for sure. Yep. I don't put it past it. Oh, man. I um, don't put it past anybody. So that takes me into the ultimate queen conspiracy. And again, guys, there are a, a vast plethora of just different conspiracies when it comes to the royal family. And so I tried picking the best ones, quote unquote. But if you guys want to hear more conspiracies about the queen the royal families, let us know by commenting below. This conspiracy theory is probably one of my favorites regarding the queen. A lot of people believe that Queen Elizabeth is not human, but instead a hybrid human reptilian that comes from an ancient race of humanoid reptilian species that were known by some to be the Anunnaki and they are capable of shape-shifting and taking on any different forms. So, like, taking on multiple different faces. They're capable of camouflaging themselves. Mm. And this ancient species of humanoid reptilians are known to be uh, to, to basically survive off of human flesh and human blood. More specifically, children. Mm. And they 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 basically harvest fear and they consume that energy and that kind of strengthen strengthens them strengthens them and that kind of strengthens them you know, um, and and I just want to quickly read this part of the article. Hold on, the royals are extraterrestrial shape shifting Illuminati reptiles. Infamous conspiracy theorist David Icke has long believed and talked up his Illuminati theory that the world is ruled by a secret society made up of royals and and political and business leaders. Uh, Further, he suggests members of the royal family are shape-shifting reptilian lizards, a hybrid of sorts between reptilian aliens and humans. Uh, And I'm just trying to see if there's anything else from this article. The hybrids became demigods, part human, part God. They were obviously perceived as gods. The hybrid bloodlines were the ones that became the royal families of the worlds. In the Chinese empire, they claimed the right to be emperor because they are descended from the serpent God. It is all founded on the myth of dragon, and they all come from the reptilian connection to justify the right to rule. Um, hold on. And there's just another thing. He goes on to explain the obsession of interbreeding among royals, incest, and marrying someone close to the family to hold the genetic structure. Are you also thinking, uh, okay, and, and then it says, look at ancient texts and the Bible, he said. Do you really think that the snake in the Garden of Eden was actually a snake? 
Mm. So essentially the whole conspiracy revolves around the belief that the royals, the elites, they're all these reptilian humanoid shape-shifting beings, right? And there are statues that date back to ancient Sumerian times from ancient Sumerian societies showing the Anunnaki in their reptile forms, like literal statues dating back to before Christ was born, before, you know, like super old statues. Mm, centuries old. Centuries old statues depicting these beings. And so a lot of people believe that they, their goal is to basically enslave and take over the human race and use us to mine this specific type of gold that helps them cross dimensions and enter the fourth dimension. And they want to instill fear throughout the whole world um it sounds crazy and it's a lot to kind of like grasp guys but stay with me and they want to instill fear across the entire world so that they can feed off of that energy and become stronger and that's why they take positions of power because people in power are capable of starting wars they're capable of starting biological warfare pandemics they're capable of creating this this uh this um, environment of incessant instability when it comes to our emotional distress. And that's great for them, you know, like it's just more energy for them to consume and get more strong. <laughs> and speaking of queens who are reptilians, people have already assumed that Queen B, Beyonce, is also a reptilian and is part of the Illuminati as well, is considered one of the elites, one of the biggest um, icons of, of our time, right? And there's actually a video slowed down that shows her eyes changing colors. And also her pupils look slit-like, like a cat, like slit-like or reptilian-like rather, which is super strange because there's already been these conversations about Beyonce also being one of these reptilian beings. And notice how she doesn't age. Mm -hmm. she, do she rarely ages. She always looks very youthful, very rejuvenated, <laughs> all right? We get it black, don't crack, but, like, it's kind of strange, all right? Speaking of it never strange. Speaking of never aging, yeah. did you know that royalty and nobility historically have been known to consume human flesh and drink human blood for the healing and rejuvenating properties that they believed it would have? So the royal family, and this is documented, you guys can search this up and you will see paintings depicting, for example, I saw this painting of a king, I believe it was King Charles I being decapitated and the crowd that was witnessing that decapitation rushed the stage to mop up his blood so that they could drink it because they believe that royal blood has this amazing magical property, healing property, it makes you younger, it makes you whatever, you know, and the royal family um, have been documented by their royal doctors throughout history to drink, um, I think it's distilled brain, distilled skull. Brain juice or Yeah, something? juice and like all, everything. And and just to like get better and to like uh, heal ailments and all that and all that stuff. And one last thing, and every member of the royal family apparently has an extreme vitamin D deficiency. Extreme, like abnormally extreme. And so people even believe that they may be vampires mm. because this disease that they have means that they can't get too much sunlight because it may damage their skin and cause skin cancer. I mean, they are pretty pale. Yes, sir. Especially indeed. Queen Elizabeth. She was. Yeah, she's she was, freaky looking. Dude. She was a pale one. And speaking of, did it, wasn't there a video of her eyeball ruptured yes. and stuff? Yes. That was. 
And people will shrug it off and say, you know, oh, that like that was just a ruptured blood vessel in her eye. It happens with old age and whatever. You know what's wild? Mm. Is that when she appeared with a bloody eye? Yeah. The royal family publicly stated that there was nothing unusual with the with the queen essentially so like they didn't even try to cover it up anymore like they didn't try to lie and say like oh it's because of her old age it's because ah oh, because she's a you know how she is or whatever you know like they they just said that there's nothing abnormal happening to her and when she made that appearance i think it was like 10 years ago uh prince philip at the time was undergoing surgery intensive surgery i think for his like uh what do you call that that thing uh kidneys kidneys maybe i don't know like he was undergoing intense surgery and then he appeared healthy as a horse apparently right after you know like at that same time when she appeared with the bloody died mm. bloody died 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 and i read something about how queen elizabeth has only been to the hospital on like two occasions yes, yes. something like that it's that baby blood man super weird and i mean for old age there right. old people pay more hospital visits than just two in the amount of time that I read that it said. So mm -hmm. it's a little alarming. I think even even I'll eventually have more hospital visits than that. You know, right. like, anybody will. I yeah, think. that's weird. Yeah. And then the the last conspiracy theory that we have today about the queen and the royal family revolves around Princess Diana. So. So what I know about Princess Diana and her accidental death is that it wasn't. Well, what happened was it was a car accident, right? And she was with her driver in Paris. And there's paparazzi around and they're snapping photos of her because everyone was obsessed with Princess Diana at the time, obviously. And then suddenly, while they enter into a tunnel where it's enclosed and paparazzi no longer has view of the vehicle, it crashes and there's two there's two interesting things that people have said. It either crashed into another vehicle or crashed into a wall of the tunnel. Mm -hmm. So and they've pointed out that the driver was under the influence, mm. which I've always found strange. It's right. like it's almost as if he was drinking his pain away Trying to cope. in preparation for what was about to happen, which was, you know, this accident this that accident. he had to conduct and another crazy thing months before this accident happened princess diana wrote a letter saying that um wait let me remember his name Say, was it prince, charles? prince Say, charles saying that prince charles was planning and plotting against her to you know to get her in a car accident basically what? plotting and it, this is a real letter and and i'm gonna find it real quick and she writes this exactly she writes, this particular phase in my life is the most dangerous. And then she wrote, Prince Charles is planning an accident. And then also included the words like there there could be some kind of brake failure or serious head injury. And this is in a letter that she hand wrote and it's all over Google, but no one talks about it. What? So she she knew it was coming. She just didn't know when. And she thought that he was going to use it as an out to marry some other woman that he was eyeballing because their marriage was faulty. However, the theory, and you know why the royal family would be involved wow. in wanting to kill Diana is... In my opinion, I think that the Queen Elizabeth wanted to kill Princess Diana 
because Princess Diana obviously is not of pure royal blood. She married into the family, right? And so by default, she does not have access to all of the information, you know, of every single thing that happens behind closed doors. And that's just natural because she's not of pure blood. I think that she ran an orphanage, right? Because I, I don't know how many people know this, but Princess Diana ran an orphanage. But what if that orphanage was actually serving as a supply chain of children for sacrifices that the royal family was conducting or continue conducting and have conducted historically? Um, and then Princess Diana found out about that. She maybe found out about Ghislaine Maxwell. She maybe found out about Jeffrey Epstein. And Ghislaine Maxwell is often seen with Prince Andrew who's the queen's son. Mm -hmm. um, she's often seen at royal parties, and so is Jeffrey Epstein. And so what if Princess Diana found out about the pedophile ring that was happening and the royal family's involvement? She saw something. She was wandering, wandering down a hallway, and she opened a door that she wasn't supposed to at a time that she wasn't supposed to. And then maybe she went to talk to Prince Charles, who she thought she could confide in, she could trust, and then he decided to turn against her because he can't help her, you know, yeah. and she's alone, right? And so what if then she she threatened to spill the beans and then that's when Prince Charles arranged everything to happen and then maybe he consulted with his mother and then that's when his mother gave him the nod and said, she has to go. Yeah. She's going to expose us. This is going to be bad. And then they threatened the driver in order right. to talk him into, right. you know, being a part of this whole plan, devised plan. It's like, hey, dude. And sacrificing himself for the greater good of the royal family. You either do this or your daughter and your yeah. wife and your family. Bye bye. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, that's that's the pretty. And wild the one. letter is real. So there's images. All you have to do is search it. There, I didn't know about the there letter. There is that's images crazy. of this letter that she wrote literally a few months before this happened in Paris, where wow. she died in an accidental car crash <sighs> in a tunnel with no no one able to see what really happened in the tunnel. That's crazy. So, man. yeah, that's pretty yeah. crazy. Um, one more thing I wanted to say about the Queen is that there, there was actually, um, I think it's like a British band and it's called The Cure or The Cures or something. And one of the musicians, Robert Smith, I think his name was, he predicted the Queen's death 10 years ago and predicted that it would be on September 7th, which is not too far from September 9th mm. of when they announced her death. So in 2012, he said that the Queen will die on September 7th. But he didn't specify what year... Nothing like he didn't even really clarify why the day he just said that that was his prediction that wow. it would be on September. So how crazy is it that out of all the 365 days that he could have chosen September 7th, which we only know that it was announced on September 9th. Right. We don't know when exactly it happened, whether it was months ago, whether mm -hmm. it was a few days prior, whether it, it was. It could have been September Exactly. 7th. So I find that super strange, too. That's interesting. And for anybody listening or watching this, um, there, so QAnon is this website that's kind of like akin to Reddit, but it's more for like far right people. And we don't use QAnon just to clarify. But according to a theory, they say that there's this one poster guy, this one member of QAnon who's nicknamed Q. And people believe that he is a legitimate member of the deep state. 
that he's deeply ingrained in like in in how the world real really works and some even believe that this person is jfk jr the son of jfk and he occasionally uh, so basically what i'm trying to say is that he occasionally drops by to give people information and to give them little nuggets and little hints and usually his information proves that proves to be correct and and his um prophecies and everything proves to be accurate mm. and things actually happen like everything he says actually happens and the first time he posted about the queen was on a certain was 1776 days le before she actually died mm. so from the time that he made the post the first post about the queen to when she died there has been a gap of 170 1776 days and that and that number is the date that the united states obtained their independence from britain wow i'm sorry if i'm talking no, slow 1776 guys. and that yeah. and you know what's crazy is the queen has met with every single one of the u.s presidents every single one like mm -hmm. she's been to their coronation or whatever right and something that's interesting too is that people have already predicted that this whole like megan markle and whatever the other guy's name is is just a ploy to take over america and I've take back you know yeah. take back what was rightfully britain's right and claim back the dependence of america i've heard that too where where their child is going to be the president of the united states yes the child of megan markle right and the yeah. guy who who knows his harry, name harry. because i don't care about the royal harry family potter. yeah harry potter harry, po harry yeah. potter and speaking of harry potter no yeah. i'm kidding <laughs> so, <laughs> um, pump the brakes harry potter yeah so harry and megan markle markle or merkel yeah markle and people believe that she's like a robot too because she has a blank expression a lot of the time <laughs> but the conspiracy theories on the royal yeah. family can go on and on and on that's what i'm and saying and we have a bunch and we'll have more in the future so if it's your thing if it's your cup of tea cup of tea <laughs> then before we move on from it i just have one last thing that i want to say go ahead and this is just for the listeners i'm not gonna post this on reels or tiktoks or whatever uh for those of you who don't know there is this knowledge among occult members that basically claims that the occultists the satanic groups when they uh conduct their sacrifices they usually focus on children and that's because uh, children produce a higher level of adrenochrome and adrenochrome is this chemical that basically if you drink it you get this crazy high that's like compared like that's incomparable to any drug, drug. made by men mm. you know um, and so that's why they do it kind of it's because it gives them this crazy high and that's what these rituals revolve around and that's why they choose children and that's why jeffrey epstein was who he was because maybe he was supplying these children and like then, in ayahuasca right even stronger maybe who knows mm. and then the the um kicker is that for you to produce no for for you for you to produce the most amount of adrenochrome you have to induce a lot of fear in the subject if that makes sense so like if you're about to 
conduct the sacrifice, you need to make sure that you terrify the person being sacrificed. Mm. And so that they get, they just produce that because it's this um, chemical reaction between adrenaline and something else I forgot. And then it produces adrenochrome. And mm. so that's why they choose children because children get scared more easily. That's really crazy. And they can't control their emotions and that's why they target them. Wow. It's pretty fucked yeah, up, man. Yeah, impressionable. Oh, it's pretty fucked up. But anyways, just like you said, uh, if you guys have a, any more desires on the Queen's conspiracies or if you guys want us to kind of dive into one of the ones that we stated more deeply, like we can do more research, more thorough research, gather more information and just kind of like do a segment on that. But yeah, yeah. that's all I have for the, the Queen. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Speaking of making people suffer, right? <laughs> making children suffer. Um, I have a Harry Potter conspiracy theory, and we were just talking about Harry. But I have a Harry Potter conspiracy theory that the words abracadabra come from one of the three unforgivable curses that we know as Avada Kedavra, which is the... Avada Kedavra! Which, <laughs> which is the deadly curse, right? And so people believe that the reason abracadabra even exists as a magic word is because it derives from the words avada kedavra and it hints at a violent and brutal and harsh history between muggles and wizards, mm. right? And so, hold on, let me let me gather my thoughts really quick because I have it written down here. But we know that there's a statue of secrecy in place when we're watching the films and reading the books for Harry Potter. However, this the statue of secrecy was only placed like in the 1600s and Harry Potter's time takes place in the 1900s. But maybe in the times before the statue of secrecy was in place, there was a lot of dispute and a lot of conflict between muggles and wizards because muggles were aware of wizards existence mm -hmm. and just for c clarification muggles are people without magic capabilities non, non yeah. magical with yeah non-magical capabilities so they're yeah. they're just regular plain old humans and abracadabra is the only words muggles associate with magic even after forgetting the wizards exist and aren't just mythical beings and if this is the one thing that has stuck around after centuries long then that just goes to show that the deadly curse of Kedavra was used on muggles so much that this was all they took away from wizards. They alone remained the magic words. But then obviously the pronunciation of it became butchered over time. And then instead of it being Avada Kedavra, it became Abracadabra, which is a much simpler way of saying it. And then maybe muggles even forgot that it had any association of, of making people disappear from existence. And basically um, obliterating them. And it's crazy because that often happens with like folklore and just stories in general. And people even say that the same happens with the Bible where it's been passed down through generations and it's been rewritten and reinterpreted. So it makes sense to me how Avada Kedavra eventually transformed into Abracadabra because it's like this oral 
storytelling that's being just passed down generations to generations. And then also because of that statue, uh, wizards obviously disappeared from the face of the planet. And so in that 300 time span, the only thing that kind of stayed lingering in people's minds was the idea that there's magic. And maybe that's why it transitioned into the way magic is today. And it's crazy how abracadabra is usually used by wizards and magicians nowadays to kind of like show whenever something disappears. You yeah. Know? So like right before they pull or or when something appears, so like right before they make a rabbit disappear in a hat or they make their assistant disappear in the they, box, they wave a wand and say abracadabra. Yeah. And then pff, disappeared. But then that's just like a very PG-13 version of what was actually happening before where the statute was installed and people were killing each other like it was literally a war where that was a weapon used to destroy muggles and humans right and what's more interesting is obviously no spell in harry potter is unintentionally named hmm. so every spell has its name for a reason and even the other unforgivable curse crucio comes from the latin word cross or cruce crooks crooks sorry the Latin word cross or crux and the verb cruciare, which means to literally torture or crucify someone. Wow. Right? And that spell from Harry Potter is supposed to cause someone unimaginable and unbearable pain and torture them. And so crucio subconsciously is supposed to remind us of Jesus being crucified and suffering before he was crucified. Wow. Yeah. That's wild. It is crazy. And it was obviously derived from the Latin word for a reason, you know? I'm convinced that J.K. Rowling is a witch. Yeah, and she knew what she was doing. Because she, like, isn't it crazy how this one lady conjured this entire universe from her head, from her brain? Like, the whole universe that we see came out of her head. Yeah. But I don't think it came out purely from her head originally. I feel like she she knows some shit. You know, like she like read up on some like dark magic, like little like something, you know, because everything is based on something. And the, and <clears> just <throat> like you said, a lot of people use biblical references. A lot of people use it in music nowadays in their mm -hmm. music videos. People use it. Jordan Peterson uses it in his lectures, you know, so it's it's a, a reference book that people use in order to apply to their work and their craft nowadays. And I do truly believe that J.K. Rowling definitely read through the bible and you know applied some of its some of its i don't know some of its something into her work which right. is interesting speaking of biblical references yeah so yesterday i was on youtube and i clicked on a video and one of the ads that appeared before the video started was an ad for a new upcoming fx show called little demon Little Demon? And mind you, FX is one of the many properties that Disney owns, right? And I was curious. I was like, Little Demon. And it looks super freaky, super interesting, super weird. And so I went and Googled the official synopsis for this show. And it literally reads this. 13 years after being impregnated by the devil, a reluctant mother and her antichrist daughter attempt to live an ordinary life in Delaware, but are constantly thwarted by monstrous forces, including Satan, who yearns for custody of his daughter's soul. This is a real show. That's it's a crazy. real animated show that was greenlit by Disney. And I think it's worth pointing out that in this ad that I saw, behind the title Little Demon, 
there's literally the official logo for the Church of Satan. That's basically a sigil of Baphomet. What? They're not trying to hide anything anymore, which is wild to me. Like, it literally blew my mind to a million pieces. There's one, it's one thing you create a show like Rick and Morty, for example, that tries to push boundaries and it tries to promote this like different way of thinking and, and perceiving, you know, like multiverse theories and like these like scientific theories. But then you also create this show that is literally about the Antichrist. And it's literally normalizing and making the idea of Satanism and basically promoting it as something positive, as something cool, because that's essentially what the show does. This girl, the Antichrist, is likable. And and you know what? That that just goes to show the agendas that the hidden agendas that Disney and all these other large corporations have, because it's if if something is pushed out as a trend, people will automatically follow it. And there's already a lot of rebellious and whatever else teenagers who call themselves Satanists and whatnot in order to go against the traditional Christian and Catholic values, right? Mm-hmm. And so I feel like I feel like that, that that is just so fitting for how these corporations maneuver and try to prey on susceptible and impressionable and naive people who will like you said find this character who is satanic and whatever likable and 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 even like resonate with it and then eventually apply the i don't know the the values that she has onto their lives in real life so that's scary and that's crazy and aspire to be like her you know and and I clicked on the show, like I, I clicked on the first episode because I was curious. I, I just wanted to like find out what this was all about. And the opening scenes are literally the main protagonist, the Antichrist, being de- possessed by a demon, demonically possessed. So the opening scene is her being demonically possessed in the bathroom of her high school and killing, mutilating uh, a few of her classmates. And it. And my understanding of the show is that Satan, her dad, is portrayed as being like this like fun and like loose, cool dad, while her mother, who's this like uh, crazy practitioner of witchcraft, like there's this one scene where she later literally strips off all her clothes, sits in this like satanic circle, demonic circle, and then conducts like rituals and like and there are like spells being cast as well, like these occult spells, you know, like she like speaking in tongues and shit. And then my question is, we, the audience, have no say in whether or not we want to be casted on, you know? Like, they are literally casting spells on us through these TV shows. And that's when I clicked off. I was like, this shit's too crazy for me. And I don't uh, I don't appreciate and like, the people that say, oh, like, you have a misinterpretation of Satanism. It's not, like, this demonic uh, whatever thing. Like, if you don't know what Satanism truly is, it's about embracing the self and like all these other things right it's Mm -hmm. like that's how they like to explain it and i just to me it just doesn't it feels like there's there's like wool being pulled over your eyes and and it's like for them to make like you said lucifer satan this cool loose dad or whatever is is weird and interesting too because there's you know the devil who tempts you and and flaunts to you the the 
what what do you call the, um, it glories the luxuries and, right. and the and the pleasures of life and so by painting the dad as this like cool dad it's like you start to resonate with satan and you start to resonate with the devil and you start yeah. you know so yeah that's that's pretty wild disney so i just that's wanted to pretty, point that one out because to me wild. it was just crazy and i think that parents all around the world need to really really uh be careful and just look out for what your kids consume and you don't even like you don't even have to be hyper religious to understand what's going on here like there's an active war of energy of energy manipulation in my in in my understanding in my opinion like people are fighting for who has the power to manipulate the most amount of energy and these huge platforms who who have this massive exposure and this mass massive capability of just basically distorting the values of society are using it to do just that and and what you said before too about um the casting spells and whatever too is that's in everything that you're consuming nowadays like right. music and everything so so it's not even us being like skeptical or being conspiracy theorists or anything it's like this is what's happening it's and obvious. you're either awake and op like have your eyes open or you don't yeah. And that's just what it comes down to, honestly, at the end of the day. It's it's a real world symbol in this fictional show, which is what's blowing my mind. Like the Church of Satan. Yeah. Do you, like, do you understand that? It's crazy. Like, like, let that sink in, I think, you know. And yeah, so if you want to do your, your own um, deep dive, the show again is called Little Demon. And it's pretty, it's pretty crazy, man. So let's talk about Bad Bunny, who's obviously sold his soul and who has obviously been portraying a lot of demonic and satanic symbols in his own videos. Uh, one of his videos called Cuidado Por Ahí, right? Which means like, be careful over there, kind of, I guess is how you would translate it. I don't know the exact translation. It's like watch your back. Type right. Of thing, yeah. um, and it's with Jay Balvin, I believe his name is. This video opens up with a demonic creature coming out and emerging from the from the water, right? Mm. And then throughout the video, we see a uh, Bad Bunny along with other artists and like backup dancers and stuff pouring blood all over a church, right? Or red buckets of paint, which we could assume resembles blood. And then in, in one part of the video, you also see someone levitating upside down as if they were being possessed by a demon not just that but his arms were Are open stretched and spread out, out. Yeah. exactly and beneath him there was a burning flame yes. that was basically consuming him as he was upside down an upside down cross above an open flame and then um what's something else and then one of the people is wearing a checkered shirt right which we can associate with the masonry pattern which in masonic lingo yeah represents duality yeah black and white this video with all of these demonic references and all of these um all of these dark elements that are added into it it's clear and safe to say that bad bunny might be casting spells through his music and it might also explain why he rose to superstardom almost overnight mm. so he was just having hit after hit after hit and it just proves that he's definitely sold his soul right yeah and speaking of him selling his soul i also have another bad bunny video that i want to talk about as well have you ever seen the bad bunny video called yo pereo sola yeah yo pereo sola <laughs> yeah that video 
has so much going on in it from a Masonic brainwashing mind control perspective. Um, at the very beginning of the video, it opens up with a child chilling in his room watching TV. And then his program is interrupted by what looks like this prompt of like mind control. Right. And then there's this scene where it's basically doing a close up of his face as he's about to approach the um, screen of the t of the television. And behind him, you can see a checkered flag. And again, checkered floors are very common among the Masonic, right? Because it represents duality. And when he clicks on the television, that's when the music video begins. And what's wild about this video is not the fact that Bad Bunny is cross-dressing and is literally playing a woman, right? He has these fake synthetic boobs on. He has a fake ass on. He's twerking. He's basically embodying a woman. Like, that's not necessarily the problem. The problem for me, the craziest part of this entire video is when it shows Bad Bunny chained and pulled in different directions while standing in the middle of this circle that's comprised of individuals sitting in thrones wearing horns and there's fire going off in the background. Like Baphomet. Yeah, like basically like devil horns, essentially, mm. right? And he's in the middle just dancing and just like being like controlled and just like nonchalantly, like not caring and stuff. And in my opinion, there is a clear cut reasoning as to how this guy just catapulted to stardom from like one day to the next, you know? He clearly sold his soul. And this is basically him conveying to the public saying, hey, guys, I sold my soul. I am being owned by these masters who I have no control over anything I do anymore. I am a puppet. He's basically conveying and telling the public. And then people in the comments, all they care about is like, oh, go bad bunny or whatever, because he's dressed as a woman. He's portraying a woman. And in my opinion, my unpopular opinion is that. This is part of the agenda to destroy masculinity, to frame masculinity as being this like harmful, negative, evil thing. It's evil to be a man nowadays. And that's what Andrew Tate kind of like got under fire for, basically, you know, because he was trying to help men be better men, essentially not better men, but like just embrace their masculinity, help them find themselves through masculinity. And what the industry and what the agenda is basically pushing is like destroying it because what's easier to control? A society filled with testosterone-infused strong men or a society filled with, with, with beta males who, who have lost touch with their masculinity a long time ago? You know, like that's like that's my opinion. And that's what they're doing here. And essentially, there's one scene where Bad Bunny is basically twerking on himself and that could imply another um, strong satanic belief of just loving yourself and just viewing yourself as a god. And my last thing is that part of the agenda could be to try to destroy the idea of pure love. Because a lot of these artists, they always promote these songs about these toxic relationships and just promote it as being something that you should do. You know, like, oh, like, I love you, but I also like your friend or whatever. And I think that's part of the um, lyrics in the song. And so it's basically trying to, like, devalue traditional ideas of love. You know, and I'm not saying that it has to be between a man and a woman. Like, that's not my thoughts here. Like, my thoughts are that it can be between two men. It could be between two women. It doesn't matter. The point is that they're trying to destroy the idea of, of pure love. And they're trying to basically take that away from us because the love is powerful. It's a powerful energy. Right. So if you're constantly in this energy of just cheating, of just uh, of lust. scheming, lusting. Right. Lust is one of the um, cardinal sins. 
then, you know, then you create a society that's just very uh, easy to control and to consume energy from. Right. And I feel like I feel like the problem is that everything is hypersexualized. So I don't even think that it, it has to do with like him cross-dressing as a woman. I think it's the fact that he's it's the video is hypersexualized just as a lot of music videos nowadays are hypersexualized and everything is sex and sex is what sells, right? And I feel like that is meant as a as a type of mind control and a type of right. brainwashing, which is why porn is free. It's like because that keeps you kind of like it keeps you in a certain low frequency mind state, right? And mm. so you're never going to reach the 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 peak of your of your awakening because right. you're resorting to these primal ways and these these things that people are pushing out to you right and so yeah i think that that's like one of my biggest problems with with what's going on and, and what's interesting too is that he's seen always well he's been seen a couple of times and even on his album covers with the third eye on his forehead and he was at the emmy awards i think being wearing interviewed, it wearing it yeah. yeah and it's on his album covers on like the kid on the bike with the third eye as well and he's always sporting checkered clothing so it's like he's he's blatantly telling everyone hey I'm I'm basically among the Illuminati or you know whatever it is. I'm a Masonic. Puppet. Yeah, and so it's like, how do people not catch on to it? Like I just don't get it. And people are obsessed with his music. People right. listen to it, and what you don't know and and is killing you, which like mentally, is that these types of songs and music are creating a low frequency state of mind state of mind and then for you to operate within yeah exactly yeah. Mm -hmm. i actually have a crazy story and this is completely true it's not a conspiracy theory and basically this crazy story is about a pilot who saw a ufo before mysteriously disappearing mm. and i'm going to read you what the article says it says on october 21st 1978 australian pilot I almost said pirate. Frederick Valentyke departed Moorabbin Airport in Victoria to head to King Island. At 7.06 p.m., he made contact with Melbourne Air Traffic Control, saying he was seeing four bright lights that were traveling erratically around him. Um, at high speed, first above, then below, then all around him, and then coming straight towards him. Um, Valentine said over his radio, it seems to me that it's playing some sort of game. Wow, it's like toying with him. Yes. And air traffic controllers assured the pilot that he should be alone in the area and that they didn't know of anyone who should be traveling that way. When they asked him to identify the foreign craft, Valentine gave a chilling response. It's not an aircraft. So wow. this pilot was making it clear that what he was seeing was not of planet Earth. Damn. It was not anything that he can identify or anything that he's ever seen before. Famous last words right there. Right. But those were not his famous last words. He has even crazier ones. So he described the thing as having a long shape, continuing. It's got a green light and sort of metallic. It's all shiny on the outside was how he described it. That's what we picture when we envision a UFO, is right. it not? What's more, the object was flying at incredible speeds 
and making seemingly impossible acrobatic movements around the pilot. And near the end of the contact with the air traffic control, Valentike said it became stationary and then started orbiting on top of him. And those were the exact words that he used, that it was orbiting and hovering above him. And then asserted multiple times over this short transmission that he was having with the air traffic control that he couldn't identify the craft as anything from Earth. So he specifically said those words. After the object's bizarre series of movements, Valentyke radio in again to say that it had disappeared. Minutes later, his mysterious visitor returned. Valentyke reported, the strange aircraft is hovering on top of me again. It is hovering and it's not an aircraft. So he kept repeating it to make sure that they were receiving this message. Then there was silence on his end. There was an open static on his radio for 17 seconds, followed by a metallic scraping sound. Then finally, the audio cut off completely. Melbourne Air Traffic Control was unable to establish any more communication, and the conversation had barely lasted seven minutes. So this was all under the span of seven minutes. Mm -hmm. And that's how quickly these events were unraveling. And then Valentyke never landed on King Island. He never went back the way he came. And his father, his name is Gio Valentyke, even said that he he de- he didn't know his son to be anyone who would make up anything, and actually hoped and believed that this was a UFO abduction story. Wow. Yeah. Wait. So he disappeared he forever. Just, and there's no trace of a body, no mm. trace of parts of the plane, nothing. Completely vanished. Completely vanished. Disappeared. Him and the plane, everything. Never to be seen again. Never to be seen again. Wow. Yeah. That's wild. So the lack of a body or even pieces from this plane made people suspicious that this was an alien abduction story. And his father also agreed that this was the case and even hoped that it was the case. Why did he hope that it was the case? Um. Well, I think he hoped it because maybe it would offer him some reassurance. <laughs> as to why the body was missing and maybe why he didn't have a funeral for his son and maybe maybe like also because his son was evidently telling everyone that this was a ufo so it's like he maybe he hoped it was the case because he didn't know his son to be a liar or someone to make up a story or maybe he doesn't want to believe that his son just like disappeared out of the blue like on his own so so this story would basically uh prove the uh, conspiracies around Malaysian air uh, prove the conspiracy around the Malaysian Airlines 373. I think yeah, that was the famous airplane. You know, uh, passenger airplane, huge, like normal commercial flight airplane that yeah. disappeared, vanished out of thin air. And some people said that it was abducted and it was extracted from the sky by aliens. And what's interesting is that same night, and I don't think this story even hit like news outlets or anything. But the same night, there were multiple sightings and reportings of people seeing UFO in the same area. And there have been a lot of sightings on TikTok lately too. People filming the sky, filming weird lights in the sky, uh, like all over TikTok. And this was in the 80s. So it's like, you know, it's slowly coming more into light, especially Mm. with the government coming out and saying what they were saying it's like yeah slowly but surely all right speaking of government (laughs) cover-ups to wrap this show up 
Have you heard about the incident that supposedly happened in Japan where four robots, four AI robots killed 29 Japanese scientists? What? A journalist and conspiracy theorist, Linda Moulton, and this is how she's being portrayed by mainstream media, by the way, as a conspiracy theorist because that's how they do it when they want to cover something up. You know, like they like frame you as being crazy. Oh, like Alex Jones is a conspiracy theorist, you know? Mm -hmm. um, she gave a speech about artificial intelligence and alien encounters where she recalls a phone call that she said she had with a former Marine who had been working for the CIA. She said at a top robotics company in Japan, four robots being developed for military applications killed 29 humans in a lab. The scariest part, according to her, is that the lab workers deactivated two of the robots and took apart the third. But the fourth robot began restoring itself and somehow connected to an orbiting satellite to download information about how it could rebuild itself even more strongly than before. Which to me sounds like something straight out of a movie, right? Like you kill two of the robots, the, the third one you like take them apart, and then the fourth one is like just connected to an orbiting satellite system and it's like learning all of the information of humankind and then like rebuilding itself into into just just basically Ultron. Right? Ultron. I was going to say Ultron. Right. So it really reminds me of Ultron from Marvel. Uh, and it makes sense to me that the government would cover something like this up because the government, more specifically, the Pentagon is very interested in robot AI soldiers. Right. And big tech is a huge industry already as it is. And it makes me think of iRobot, which we've all seen that movie and how that panned out. Right. Where the robots are also trying to establish and dominate control over the human race. Right. And they eventually turn against us. Right. And then it also makes me very suspicious about what Elon Musk is up to because he proposed and even showed an early model of what he has in store for the future, which is literally a humanoid iRobot type thing product that he says will help us with our everyday tasks. So this robot will be installed in each home and it'll help with groceries. And it's literally the movie iRobot. Because I don't know if you remember, but in the beginning, Will Smith's mother has a robot that helps her like get groceries and helps her cook and stuff. And Will Smith is always kind of like skeptical and very cynical towards it. Yeah, and it also makes me think of the game Detroit Become Human, where right. they where they also have AIs, they have AI children, where you can have an AI child instead of a real child, and these AIs start taking over humans' jobs instead of humans doing it themselves, and so, you know, right. I think that's the path that we're headed down. Yeah. And hopefully they do not come up with robot podcasters and doesn't elon musk say that that's what's gonna doom the world yeah, yeah, robots? yeah ironically yeah and he's the one pushing for it yeah which is <laughs> super sus super sketchy anyway so i do not want to die yeah <laughs> we just wanted to end that on a very light note um yeah you know, very so. light note sorry to the scientists that died yeah um, uh thank you for your service um yeah but yeah guys so did that's they did they end up destroying the last robot like what happened there i don't know i feel like there's an open-ended question to this movie yeah uh so we can only imagine and we can only speculate next thing you know it's over here in the states and soon, very soon <laughs> and this time it has like hyper beams ready yeah, to and has like multiple take weaponry. us out yeah annihilate us all Anyway, so that will be it for episode number 30. And again, we apologize if either of us came off a little sluggish this episode. We have been 
uh, very focused this whole week on just the um, on just other life stuff. And we really didn't have as much time as we usually do. So we didn't even put out any reaction videos this week. But but next week, it'll be different. Um, if you're listening to this right now and you're watching this, we did a poll on our uh, Instagram stories asking people what day of the week they would prefer us to put out each episode every week. And the main consensus was that Friday was the best day. And so moving forward, we are going to record our episodes on Wednesday and have it posted everywhere and available everywhere every Friday by 8 a.m. Eastern. So we're holding ourselves accountable. It's set in stone. And now we have to go through with it. This episode was obviously later than usual because of what I said before. So you guys are getting two episodes this week. Congratulations. Where's the clapping? Thank you guys. Uh, so yeah, uh, thank you again for tuning in. Thank you again for watching this. Uh, thanks for supporting. Uh, it means the world to us. Yeah, truly. Uh, we did not expect anybody to enjoy our stuff, and we just did this because it's fun and it's just like a bonding experience for us too. And yeah. So with that being said, I think that's it for me. Do you have anything else to say? Um, and uh, it's almost one a.m. here, so we're, yeah, we're gonna go to sleep. Now. I I usually sleep at like nine or ten, and yeah. I'm like pushing through. One a.m. on a Saturday, by the way. Like we don't have a social life. Like we're dedicated to yeah producing content. Yeah. <sighs> All right, guys. So so that is a great way to to. I'm just thinking about my nice bed right now. Yeah. That's a great way to end it on on an up up, <laughs> up level up. uppity up, and I'll catch you guys on the flippity flip. On the flippity flip. Peace out. Wait, what's this? Huh? Don't forget that it's never oh, wrong. See, I'm to just be sleepy. mentally gone. And as always, guys, don't forget that it's never wrong. Don't forget that it's never wrong. Don't forget that it's never wrong. It's never wrong. It's never wrong, guys. It's never wrong. To, to be, be mentally, mentally gone. gone. Peace, Peace to, to the, the world. world. Hey, that's my hey, line. Hey, that's my line. <laughs>